Hello, and welcome to the River of Life podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. songs. It's hard for me to listen to that song without tearing up and, and uh, just falling apart inside. What an amazing truth. Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Well, I am so glad to be here this morning, and uh, I want to thank all of you for your prayers. I have truly felt the power of prayer. And I thank God for a praying church. I'm serious about that. Over these past few weeks, going through a time of sickness and then getting ready for surgery in a few days has caused me uh, to have a deeper appreciation for my church family than ever before. And I just want to thank you and tell all of you how much I love you. And I have truly uh, felt your love. And I'm glad to be back on stage here today. I'm glad to be doing today what God called me to do, and I'm so thankful for a church family that has so much depth and so much spiritual leadership that when I step aside, somebody else just steps in and ministers, and the kingdom of God just keeps on going and flowing, and that's a a wonderful thing. This past week, I was down in Tampa. I was by myself. I was in a hotel room, and I wanted to watch the evening news, and so I turned the news on. I could hardly believe the story that was the feature story. There was an 18-year-old named Austin Hatfield. Austin and his buddies went down to their favorite swimming hole at the creek, and they were just enjoying themselves, the warm weather, being in the water. One of the boys saw a snake and alerted everybody else and said, there's a snake. And Austin announced to the whole group that he was not afraid of snakes and that snakes were not afraid of him. He said, I don't know what it is about me, but he said, I just get along with snakes. He said, I just have this rapport with snakes. He said, I can pick them up. I can do whatever I want to with them. And we're just on friendly terms. Well, all the guys were laughing at him, but he wasn't bluffing. So he goes over and he catches this snake with his bare hands. I've heard of people doing that before, and I still to this day think they're all insane. But he catches this snake. And it's not just any kind of a snake. It is a four and a half foot cotton mouth moccasin very deadly. And he just reaches out and he takes the snake in his hands and, and he gets around all of his buddies and he just lets this four and a half foot cotton mouth moccasin just crawl all over his body, just around his neck, around his arms. And, and, and he says, see, he said, I'm not afraid of him and he's not afraid of me. He said, we, it's just something. I don't know what it is. It's just something God gave me. It's just like a charisma or something. And 
He, he said, in fact, I'll tell you guys what I can do. He said, I'll let that snake wrap around my arm and I'll let him hold his head out there, just suspended in air, and I will kiss him on his lips. I know some of you think I'm making this up, but I am not. You look it up on the internet. There's, they did a whole big article about this. So he, what he does is he holds his arm out. The snake holds his head up. The snake is there and he leans in and presses his lips up against the lips of that cottonmouth moccasin and kisses him. His buddies can't believe what's going on. They're laughing. They can't believe it. He said, guys, I can do this all day long. He said, I'm just telling you, I've got what it takes when it comes to snakes. And he said, in fact, I'll tell you. He said, why don't you guys count the number of times I kiss this snake? And so he leans in and kisses him again. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, the news reporter interviewed his best friend. I heard him on the interview, and he said, there really must be something unlucky about the number 13. Because on the 13th time when he leaned in, that cottonmouth moccasin hit him right in the face and buried his fangs deep into his cheeks. They took the cameras into the hospital room at Tampa General, And here's this 18-year-old sitting up in bed, and his head is as big as a basketball. It was horrible looking. That's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, what in the world? How can anybody be so crazy? I'm not making this up. I felt like the Holy Spirit reminded me of the number of times the Bible says... Don't be ignorant. I challenge you. Look it up in your concordance. Over and over, the Bible says, don't be ignorant. The Bible says, don't be unwise. The the Bible teaches us not to be foolish. And if you go ahead and you look all of those scriptures up, and I look dozens of them up, if you look them up, it says, don't be ignorant, don't be foolish, don't be unwise, but know the Word of God. Know what God's Word says. Know what the will of God is for your life and what God wants for you. And I can tell you, friends, as foolish and as ignorant as that little exercise by Austin Hatfield was, when you and I ignore the Word of God and we don't go to the Word of God, we're acting just as foolishly. We really are. This morning, I want to share with you some special scriptures for some special times. I'm going through one of those special times in my life, and I'm sure some of you are. And so I want to share with you special scriptures for special times. Now, these are some scriptures that I've been standing on. These are scriptures that are solid ground under my feet right now at this time in my life. I'll, I'll just go as long as I can. Uh, first of all, and I hope and pray you'll write some of these down. Can I assure you that if you don't need them right now, it won't be long, you will need them? Here's the first one. We all love this one, and I'll just start with this one. Most of us misinterpret it, but here it is. 
Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Don't you love that verse? Now, I challenge you, put a little star out by it, because we don't have time this morning, but you look that verse up and you read it, and what the Apostle Paul is saying is that I can go through hardship, I can go through difficulties, I can go through trials, I can go through the toughest times in my life, I can do it because Christ is with me. This is not talking about I can just do any random thing I want to because Christ strengthens me. This is saying that because Christ is in me, there is nothing this world can throw at me that I can't walk through victoriously. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, some of you need this verse this morning. I know I've needed it recently. But that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. Do you understand that the one who saved you is still saving you? He didn't quit being your Savior after you came to the altar and got saved. You and I are to walk around every day of our lives with this confidence that the one who has begun this good work of salvation in us will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know what that means? That means when he splits that eastern sky and he returns. That my salvation was not about me. I couldn't save myself. I can't keep myself saved. The one who started it will continue it, and the one who continues it will finish it, and one day he will return, and I'll have nothing to brag about. It'll be to God be the glory. He finished what he started. Now, I'll tell you, the reason that's so important to me right now is because when you're down, when you're going through the valley, when you're going through trouble, when you're going through difficulty, you don't feel very saved. I mean, when I'm on top of the world and everything's going my way and, and, and I've, I feel real saved. But boy, when you're going through the valley, you don't feel all that saved. Well, friends, the one who saved you is still saving you. And then, man, if you don't write another verse down, Isaiah 54, 17, this is so wonderful. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I thought somebody would shout on that one. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment shall condemn. Now notice, who's it talking about? This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. This is the heritage. Do you understand that the moment you became a child of the king, you received an inheritance? You became a participant of the blessings of the family of faith. And, and it's part of your heritage. Do you know what part of your heritage is? The moment you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you know what it is? Here's part of it. It's just a small part of it. But there will be times you'll need this. And that is, this is part of what you inherited. You had inherited the presence of God living in you and moving in you to the point that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And no word of condemnation will stand up. I'll tell you, I've been standing on that one. And then 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, 
But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now I'll tell you. The Bible just says that God has not called us. And he has not given us the spirit of fear. And that perfect love casts out fear. And that fear creates torment. The point I'm trying to make is this. And that is that there are many times in our lives. I can tell you in my life. I don't want to try to present myself as some hero because I have moments of weakness just like you. There are times when the enemy comes in and he wants me to be afraid. He wants me to fear. He wants me to have doubt. He wants me to tremble. But what the Bible says is that when you know the perfect love of God, and that doesn't mean you're perfect or I'm perfect, but when we have connected with the perfect Savior and the perfect love of God, that there's something about an intimate relationship with Jesus that casts out all fear. Man, it drives it from us. Now, let's just stop there just for a moment. Can we put those four together? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Man, I can do this. <laughs> Satan, demons of hell, enemies of God, whatever you throw my way, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And why can I do that? Because the one who saved me is still saving me. He's my buckler and shield. He's the tower of my salvation. He's my stronghold in the day of trouble. He's still with me. And why can I do this? Oh, I can tell you, friends, because no weapon formed against me will prosper. And not only that, when you're throwing everything at me, you can throw at me. We can say to the enemy, I will not fear because I know the perfect love of God. Wow. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. Some years ago, I invited a guy to preach in my church. I don't know, 25, 30 years ago, I guess. And shortly after he started preaching, I feared I'd made a great mistake because he did something that unnerved me and caused the whole congregation to just gasp for breath all at the same time. This is what he did. He took his Bible in his hand. I'm not going to do it today, but I'm just going to tell you. He took his Bible in his hand. And I thought he almost looked angry when he did it. And he took that Bible and he takes it over his head like this and he slams it down on the stage floor. And I just thought that was so disrespectful. I thought, how can anybody do that? What am I going to do? Do I stop him? What do I do? You can't do that. He slams the Bible down. And then he did something even more shocking than that. He took his foot and he did like that to the Bible. I thought, oh my goodness, i got to get him off stage or they're going to run me out of this church. What am I going to do? This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then he picks up his other foot and he puts it there. And now he's literally standing on his Bible. And he said, I want to tell everybody here today what I think about this Bible. You could have heard a pin drop. He said, I think you can stand on the Word of God. He said, I think you can stand on the truth of God's Word. He said, I think you can stand on the eternal 
truths and promises that are in this Bible that I'm standing on now. Even when you are weak, you can stand strong when you're standing on the Word of God. When the world is falling all around you, if you're standing on the Word, you can keep standing. And even through the greatest storms of life, you can stand and be victorious when you're standing on the Word of God. I will to tell you, we were ready for the invitation right at that moment. Man, how powerful. How, how that impressed my heart. N- nothing is more life-changing and more wonderful than standing on the Word of God. I, I really believe every now and then through the years, the Holy Spirit will bring that very visual illustration back to me to speak to my heart. And and this is what I sense the Holy Spirit is asking me and saying to me. Are you standing on the Word? Is the Word of God just something you get up and preach every Sunday? Or are you really standing on the Word? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. talking about what the Holy Spirit says to me. Are you really standing on the Word? I I believe the Holy Spirit will say to me, Are you just teaching other people the Word of God? Or are you personally standing on the Word? Do you just memorize it and quote it? Or are you really standing on the Word? Are you just reading your Bible every day? Or are you taking the truths that you're reading and standing on those eternal truths? Oh, friends, I'll tell you, all that other stuff may work when everything's going fine. But when you're in the valley... When you're going through something, when the enemy's bombarding you, you better be standing on the Word. Because it's the Word that will hold you up. All right, I'm, see, I haven't preached in a while now. So I'm just going to preach until the time's up. So l- let me share with you some more scriptures. Let's go back into the scriptures. I want to share some scriptures that mean a lot to me right now. And here's one. John 16:33 These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world now, Isn't that an interesting verse In this world you will have tribulation Now can I tell you why that verse means so much to me right now and why it's helping me right now and it may be helping some of you right now Because when a child of God is going through tribulation, it helps to know that Jesus said, you will go through tribulation. See, see, that's important. And, And by the way, the word that Jesus used, that original word that Jesus used, is so broad in meaning. That word tribulation means trouble, affliction, suffering, distress, anguish, burden, persecution. Man, it's just all-inclusive. Jesus basically said that, that be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. But even though I've overcome the world, and even though you're trusting in me, you're going to go through some stuff in your life. And be of good cheer. Keep your chin up. Jesus didn't say maybe. He didn't say you might. He said you will go through tribulation. Now listen to me, friends. And this is very important that you listen closely because I don't want to 
I don't, I don't want to miscommunicate this. Just because you are going through a tough, difficult trial and tribulation in your life, that does not mean you've done something wrong. That doesn't mean you've done something wrong. It doesn't mean you're backslidden. It doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God. It doesn't mean that you've sinned. It means that you are a child of God going through what Jesus said you would go through. Now, by the way, there are times when we do wrong things and we do sin and we do get out of the will of God and the Holy Spirit speaks to us and draws us and when He does, we are to repent. But I'm saying to you today that just because you're going through a tough time in your life, that doesn't mean you've done something wrong. The Bible is crystal clear about what I'm about to say. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible teaches us That bad things happen to good people. That's what it says. That's what it teaches. I can give you dozens of scriptures. Bad things happen to good people. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. I don't know about you, but I label tribulation bad. I don't like going through tribulation. Bad things happen to good people. I I can tell you, friends, right now, today, this is another subject and another sermon, but I can tell you that our Christian brothers and sisters around the world are being tortured and crucified, and they're dying right now for their faith. They are good people, and bad things are happening to them. Bad things happen to good people. I don't like that, but it's the truth. By the way, did you know the opposite is true also? Good things happen to bad people. Good things happen to bad people. The Bible says it rains on the just and on the unjust. Sometimes when God blesses humanity, He pours His blessings out, and the most righteous and the most wicked receive the same blessing. It's just how God is. Bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. Now, this may help you out a little bit. Just use your logic. And that's all you have to do. And and the Bible can be very logical at times. But just think about this. When something good happens to a bad person, does that mean they're righteous? One more time. When something good happens to a bad person, does that mean they're righteous? You're not sure. This is not a trick question. When something good happens to a bad person, that does not mean they're righteous. And when something bad happens to a good person, that doesn't mean they're unrighteous. Suffering. And difficulty and trials and tribulation are all a part of the normal Christian life. It is. Now, why am I making this point? I'm going to tell you, and I guarantee you somebody here today needs this right now other than me. And many of you will need it in the days to come. And here it is. 
When you're going through a trial, when you're going through a tribulation, when your world is falling apart around you, the enemy will almost always have somebody to whisper in your ear, if you had faith, you wouldn't be going through this. If you had real faith, you would have already won this battle. This thing would have been over a long time ago if you just had faith. You see, surely you must be doing something wrong. Something must be out of order in your life. Because otherwise you wouldn't be going through this. Really? Really, I... I, I don't say this. I, I try to be humble and quiet when those insinuations come. But really? Is that what the Bible teaches? Boy, I would that somebody would give me chapter and verse where the Bible says, if you'll give your heart to Jesus and get right with the Lord and walk with Him, you'll never have any more troubles in life. I've never found that verse. Have you? No. No, friends. But the enemy will torment you with that if you don't know the word. If you don't understand that we go through tribulation. And by the way, if nobody else makes that suggestion to you, be careful. Your own heart may turn on you. Your own heart may begin to condemn you. I'm not making this up. I can't tell you how many times I've sat in my office and I've had some member of this church or some person in the community say, Pastor, this has happened to me and this has happened to me and I'm going through this and I'm going through this. Something must be wrong. What am I doing wrong? I I must be making a mistake. Something is wrong, Pastor. What is wrong with me? I'll tell you what's wrong. You don't know your Bible. Because if you knew your Bible, you wouldn't be asking such foolish questions. To assume that because you're going through a tribulation, something is wrong in your life means that you're ignorant of Scripture. In this world, you will have tribulation. I read it to you just a moment ago. Here, how about this one? 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. You understand, when you and I are going through a difficult time, that's not strange. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. 1 Peter 5, 10 and 11. But may the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus... You see what I see? What does it say? After you have suffered... A while. Wow. You you know, I love this Bible. I don't like it sometimes. I don't like everything that's written in this Bible. But I'm telling you, you can't pick and choose. But may the God of all grace who called us, we're the ones who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while. Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you And then I love verse 11, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Wow. I want you to get this. 
Because part of being a mature Christian is understanding that we get to walk the mountaintops, but we also walk the valleys. And, and when you're in the valley, it doesn't mean that you're farther away from the Lord. In fact, you may be closer to the Lord than, than ever before. And by the way, please don't forget that beloved passage of Scripture in the Old Testament. We won't turn to it. Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You see, David knew that his God was not a remove-the-storm God. He was a through-the-storm God. And that he would go with him. I've got time for a couple more. Romans eight twenty-eight. Man, every child of God needs this one marked in your Bible. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Now, the Bible doesn't say that we know that all things work for good to everybody. It says it works for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. If you love the Lord and you're working, walking with the Lord, then, friends, you can know that somehow God is always up to something good. One of my favorite passages out of the Old Testament, and I'll just get you moving in this direction. You can read it later. The whole story of Genesis, the 50th chapter, verse 20 is the verse. It says, but as for you, this is Joseph talking to his brothers, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Joseph said to his brothers that wanted to kill him, he said, you meant it for evil, But what you meant for evil, God used for good and salvation. Friends, I want to tell you, God is always up to something good, even when you're going through something bad. He's always up to something good. When you're going through hell, I'm telling you, friends, God's up to something good. I I don't know if you've ever heard the Ron Cannoli song, but I laugh every time I hear it. These are some of the lyrics. If you're going through hell, don't stop. That's good advice. If you're going through hell, don't stop. Don't set up camp. If you're going through hell, realize that God is with you. You are a child of God. And even though you're going through hell, God's up to something good. Start looking for good. Start looking for God. Even in the worst situation of your life. By the way, in that same song, he says, if you're catching hell, don't hold it. These are some good words. Somebody should put this on the Internet, on your Facebook page before the day is out. Max Licato said, in God's hands, intended evil becomes eventual good. Oh, friends, we serve a mighty God, an awesome God, and he's always up to something good. And, and, and if we believe that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, then we rejoice in this kind of stuff. Here, let me give you one more. I think I said that a moment ago. Uh, Romans 5, 3 through 5. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. By the way, do you see how far we've come on this subject today? Jesus said, You will go through tribulation. And now Paul is saying, we glory in tribulation. He he says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit 
who was given to us. Paul said one of the reasons we glory in tribulation is because we know that we are learning and growing and maturing when we're going through tribulation. Every time I read that verse, I think about the poem I learned years ago. I, I walked a mile with pleasure. She chattered all the way. But I was none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow and ne'er a word said she. But all the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. Oh, I tell you, friends, I love the mountaintop. But when we're going through a difficult time, when we're going through a testing, a trial, when we're going through the valley, in that moment of sorrow, don't waste that. I read a book one time that was entitled, Don't Waste Your Sorrows. That's where God wants to teach you. That's where God wants to build you up. That's where God wants to strengthen you. One more verse. First Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Oh, I've meditated on that verse for 25 years. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Friends, can I tell you the only possible way that you and I and give thanks in everything is to truly believe. I'm talking about it's, it's not just mental. It's heart, mind, body, and soul. We're standing on the word. Is that we truly believe that our God is a sovereign God. And that he's in charge. And that he knows I'm putting my faith and trust in him. And no matter what I'm going through, I can give thanks. Because I know in the end. We win. I know in the end that the one who began a good work in me is going to finish it. I know that my salvation is secure. This morning, I've just basically shared with you where I'm living right now. The scriptures that I'm meditating in. The scriptures that I'm depending on. But I got all ideas. I'm not the only person going through something. And trials come in all different sizes and shapes and forms. Some are huge and seemingly insurmountable, and some are just irritations that won't go away. But here's what I know. I know that when we're standing on the Word, and we're believing in a sovereign God, and we're trusting in Him, that it eliminates the enemy. I know, I know He's still there, but He can't steal our joy. He can't defeat us. I, I want to tell you, when you put your faith in a sovereign God, and you trust Him, and you know that He's your Savior, not that you're perfect, none of us are, but you know your faith is in Him. You have found the place of greatest hope, love, joy, and peace. Anybody that ever tells you, friends, that the Christian life is a bed of roses, they're deceiving you. It's not. But anybody that tells you that regardless of what you go through as a Christian, it's the greatest life on earth, <laughs> and we have a home in heaven, they're telling you the truth. So here's what I want to do this morning. I prayed about this. If, you have a, a, if you're going through a time right now in your life, a trial, a tribulation, adversity, it could be physical, could be mental, could be financial, could be relational, but you're going through something right now, 
and the enemy's just been beating you up about this. And you need, you need, you needed this message. You needed to hear. By the way, I want to be the first one to tell you that doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It may mean you're doing something right. It may mean that the enemy is trying to keep you from taking the next step in your faith. But if you're going through something, we want to pray with you. We want to pray one for another. And I'm going to ask you this morning, if you're going through something and you'd just like for your brothers and sisters to pray over you, and to help you put your faith and trust in a sovereign Lord. And by the way, if the Holy Spirit has convicted you that you've done something wrong, then you repent of it, and you get it under the blood. But I can tell you this, friends. You can repent of every sin you've ever committed and get it under the blood, and all your problems are not going to go away. This is real down-to-earth preaching. But I want to tell you, if you'll come, we'll minister to you. So I'm going to ask you, if you have a need in your life you don't even have to tell us what it is and you want to just come get on your knees at this altar somebody will come and pray with you you don't wait you come on right now thank you again for listening to river of life podcast if this message has touched you today or if you need somebody to pray with you please let us know you can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email at info at riveroflifefl.com we also encourage you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for more information and directions.